Hello everyone, welcome to Random Encounter 290-290. My name is John O'Logan and there's no time to waste because we have a game that is releasing in just a few days that people have been waiting arguably since 1997 for. But uh, I think that it's going to be a absolute joy for these folks because uh, we have a review on the site and it turns out that this game is pretty damn good. But uh, let me uh, let me introduce the the person who has reviewed the game. Zach, welcome to the show. I, I, mean, I want to say aloha because I've played a lot of Infinite Wealth recently, but yeah. <laughs> I got to say, I got to say playing Infinite Wealth and Final Fantasy VII Remake back to back was an interesting experience. But I think we'll, we might talk about that in a bit. First off, we're talking about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Uh, it's going to be coming out in just a few days. Uh, I suspect that if you if you were listening to Random Encounter, you know all about Final Fantasy VII. But I'm going to give you a very brief uh, recap of this uh, this RPG. So in 1997, uh, I would argue that RPGs and the entire gaming industry as a whole uh, were changed forever with the release of Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation. Up to this point, Final Fantasy games were a Nintendo-only franchise. Uh, Square Enix moved over to PlayStation because they hated the fact that Nintendo 64 didn't use discs. And I think that is the moment where the perception of a lot of video game fans changed over from Nintendo to PlayStation. Oh, yeah. Uh, because Final Fantasy VII looked so, so, so good, especially compared with every other RPG out there. It, this, it, it, nothing looked like Final Fantasy VII. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I was moving around a lot when I was that age, and the fact that it didn't release for the Nintendo console, like deeply upset me because i owned a 64 and i was like what final fantasy is not coming out for this console um so yeah it uh it made me a sony person basically since oh my god i remember uh before final fantasy 7 was released uh, in the very early days of the internet uh square enix released a it, it was a tech demo it wasn't it wasn't on a platform it was just a tech demo of uh Celis, uh lock and shadow fighting in a 3d environment and it was yeah, like their that. battles it's very cool it's very very cool and everyone was like this is what it's going to look like when we get a game on the <laughs> nintendo 64 and then that, and then everyone was everyone was really pissed off at first and then they got seven and they were like oh we're not pissed off this is awesome yep. um anyway final Fantasy 7 was such a massive success that it turns out that square enix up to that point they've been releasing sequels but they never released a standalone sequel and they were like "Ooh, this is a cash cow so since then we have gotten before crisis final fantasy 7 the movie final fantasy 7 advent children dirge of cerberus final fantasy 7 crisis core final fantasy 7 and we also got in 2005 a playstation 3 tech demo that showed off what final fantasy 7 could look like on next gen, next gen systems which pissed everybody off and for good reason because there was no they kind of announced it and people were like oh, we're getting a final fantasy 7 remake for boo uh it was great um <laughs> anyway 10 years after that square enix finally made the announcement that 7 would be receiving not just a remaster but a complete ground up remake uh and since then we discovered that their goals were actually a little bit more ambitious than that and they would be releasing a trilogy of games that retold the story of final fantasy 7 starting with final fantasy 7 remake uh, that was released on the PlayStation 4 on April 10th, 2020. Really not bad timing there since a lot of people had some free time at that point. Um, it was then re-released for PlayStation 5 with updated visuals and Final Fantasy VII Intermission, which was a piece of DLC starring Yuffie uh, in June, on June 10th, 2021. And now, finally, the second part of the trilogy, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, is on the verge of being released this February 29th, 2024. Now, 
as I mentioned before, Zach, uh, you actually, you know, you sat down, you reviewed the game. So you are one of the very few people in the world who know the question, the answer to the question everyone is wondering. And uh, that is, do Cloud and Sephiroth kiss? <laughs> uh, I will not be revealing that information. I uh, I would be surprised <laughs> if you did because Square Enix would kill us um, if true. we did. If we divulged anything about that. Incidentally, if you're going to be listening to this podcast and you're a little bit worried, we are not going to be talking about uh, big story spoilers about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth for a number of reasons. We don't want to ruin it for everyone. And also, you know, it's 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 some of that stuff. Is that stuff still under embargo? I think it's still under embargo. Uh, it won't be by the time this releases. Uh, OK, so it's well, uh, embargo lifts on the 22nd. Okay, I, I might just name this episode uh, "Dumbledore Dies" then, and just let the, <laughs> just let you spoil it. Um, yeah. So, but we will, however, be talking a lot about Final Fantasy VII remake spoilers because obviously this is a direct follow up to Final Fantasy VII uh, remake, and we kind of have to. And in that spirit, I actually over the last two weeks finally uh, played Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, my short review is, yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's a it's a pretty good review. It's a pretty good game, uh, and it's a very very good remake. Um, I was impressed on just about every single level how they took the um, the I, 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 the the brilliance of the original game and expanded on it and uh, updated it and made it feel extremely modern. There is nothing, despite what some people might say about the textures, there is nothing dated about this game. Uh, it is, it's a tremendous, tremendous achievement. And I think a lot of people were a little bit nervous going into uh, Rebirth that are they going to be able to pull this off? Because the first one was just focused on Midgar. It, it was, we didn't go anywhere else. It was, it was a, entirely based around this one city. And obviously, if you played Final Fantasy VII, you know that once you leave Midgar, the world opens up and it's amazing. And it's, oh my God, you have so many possibilities to look around. Uh, is that moment at the beginning of this game because the, the, the end of the game at the last game it ends the same way as when they leave Midgar in the original do you no. have that moment here i mean sort of not really um so i mean you kind of have i think that moment really is captured at the end of remake here uh the game actually opens in uh it's it's hard for me to talk about how it opens uh it's not really a spoiler i mean it's the, literally the beginning of the game but it, it opens with zach um so uh, I've always liked him I guess he's just the same <laughs> name as me. Um, it opens with Zach um, and, uh, you know, Cloud is sort of is in Midgar and he's trying to escape from Shinra and uh, Shinra basically wins uh, at oh. the very beginning of the game. Um, and uh, Zach manages to at least pull the bodies of Cloud and Aerith away from the wreckage mm -hmm. and then it flashes over to what we've seen in the demo. Um, and so in terms of how that's all possible, uh, I have some answers, but uh, I won't give them away. But I think that the general thinking, at least at this point, seems to be that it's like an alternate timeline. Mm. Um, and whether that's true or not, I will not spoil. But I, I will say that that I, I think that's clearly what you're meant to believe at the very beginning of this game, because it basically says like, five hours later or like five hours earlier or something like that. And it's like, well, obviously yeah. this didn't happen within five hours and the story of Nibelheim must've taken at least five hours. So, mm. well, if anyone out there has not played remake and has somehow miraculously been able to avoid spoilers, which I was able to for years, I was able to avoid spoilers. Um, they might be a little confused because Zach, Zach's dead. 
that's a key point of Final Fantasy VII because, you know, uh, Cloud kind of absorbs some of his memories and skill and basically becomes an idol, an idealized version of himself. Uh, and that's a key part of Final Fantasy VII's story. So at the end of Remake, uh, at the end of Remake, throughout Remake, actually, there are like specters, essentially. I started calling them the continuity police. Um and whenever the story seemed to diverge from the original Final Fantasy VII, these specters would kind of step in and force things back on track. And then at the end of Final Fantasy VII, uh, your team essentially fights fate and kind of frees up, uh, frees up the world to make new choices, uh, thus opening the door to new story possibilities. Uh, and in doing so, at the very end, we discover Zack survives his uh his shootout i guess you could say and we see a version of him carrying a version of cloud into midgar as our characters are leaving theoretically in two different timelines like you said because another little thing is there's a there's a cartoon character named scout he's a shinra mascot dog and uh as zach is carrying cloud this i think it's a bag of chips or something floats in front of the camera and it shows that Scout in this reality is a different breed of dog, showing this isn't quite the world we know. Very confusing, especially if you had no idea what, if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII, what was going on. Now, clearly you right. and I have. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like they uh, they managed to pull it off. Also, it doesn't sound like Zack is, it sounds like Zach, Cloud did a better job than Zack when it came to uh, the fun that happened in Midgar. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that, um, and I, I mentioned this in my review, and we'll kind of get more into this, but I, I uh, they, they marketed Rebirth is like, oh, this is a perfect starting point, and I think that is absolutely wrong. Yeah. Uh, sure, like, would you enjoy Rebirth because it's a good game? Sure, probably. Mm -hmm. But Remake is also a good game, uh, not quite as good in my opinion, but it's a good game, and so much of and this kind of couches my feelings about it. Like so much of my love of rebirth and remake as well is driven by my love of the original game. And I, I can't, I can't separate myself from that. Like I can't be objective about that. Um, and so like when there's like this big moment that is recreated that I remember from when I was 12, mm -hmm. like that's a big deal to me. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I'm certain that I, I have, there are people who are listening to this who are have never played seven, and first of all, go back and play it, uh, especially because it's accessible like everywhere now. And you can turn on like infinite limit breaks and beat it in like 12 hours if you want. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty it, good game. Yeah, it, it's uh, I, I I would have a hard time believing that you would enjoy it as much without that context. And it, it it's working in a way that is meant. I think you're meant to have that knowledge, uh, to be honest. And I think that it it would be a fundamentally different experience otherwise. I think it's a fascinating approach, and I was fascinated while playing it that they are, I can't think of any other form of media that has actually done this, where Final Fantasy VII Remake, and presumably Rebirth, uh, it's a remake that follows every single story beat of the original, and yet is technically a sequel in terms of how they are treating the narrative. Um, it's all been done in another way, another way to put it. Um, when I was playing it, I was wondering... I kept thinking, oh, in Rebirth, I'm hoping that they kind of explain this in a way because the fact that fate is pushing them along this certain track is very, very meta. And I was hoping at some point in this game that they would address the the metaness of that. Like, is this has is this a is this a form is a new life, for example? Is this like is this a form of uh, not resurrection? What is the word I'm looking for? Um, 
reincarnation? Like, has Aerith, have Aerith and Cloud experienced this before? Or is this like a parallel universe as it's been said there? Or what's going on? Uh, it wasn't in that game. Is there a little bit more of that in this game? Or do they just say, fate's uh, beaten, now we're on our own? It's uh, I, I can't answer that question, okay. <laughs> uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I think that, let me, let me put it this way. Um, so I uh, beat and obviously enjoyed Final Fantasy VII Remake quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was very critical of the ending, not because I had a problem with the meta-ness of it. I had a problem with the suddenness of it. And I just mm. did, thought it was like, and it, it was a way of them excusing any choices they made. Like, hey, you know, at least that was the way I read it at the time. I'm not saying I agree with that necessarily now. Um, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is remarkably faithful to the game in the ways that matter. Um, and it plays with some of those ideas. I in terms of how important they are or what they are, it, it it's difficult for me to answer that question. Um, okay. Yeah. That's fine. I'm assuming that everyone will find out for themselves in a very short amount of time. Um, one of the things that I really uh, found myself interested in in Final Fantasy VII Remake was the way that... Okay, here uh, here's an admission. While I have played Final Fantasy VII all the way through... I have not played any of the uh, the side stories, the prequels. Uh, I've not seen Advent Children. You're, you're not missing much, trust me. I've, that's one of the reasons I haven't played any of yeah. it, um, especially Advent <laughs> Children. I've heard dreadful oh. things. They're they're um, playing it in theaters around here, and like I I can't go see it, but like I wanted to just go hate watch it, but I, mm. I can't. <laughs> so that's where I am. But one of the things that really drew me into this game was how they took the what I said, what, what back in the day were remarkably tr- like fleshed out characters, but in retrospect, it was a PlayStation RPG. Uh, they've taken these, I guess, the skeletons of these characters and their their various character, their characterization, and they fleshed them out into much more well developed characters. Now, in this game, we clearly have some new new recruits who are joining the party. Uh, some of whom we've seen a little bit. Uh, Yuffie, for example, we saw in the uh, DLC. Uh, Red 13, for example, we, we got to see a little bit, but Red 13 was never a actual like party member. They were like a support character. Um, how does that continue in this game in terms of oh. developing the character roles beyond what they were in the original? It's just wonderful. Um, I mean, if I had to point out one thing that I love about this game. It's the character work. It's just so strong. Um, I... I Red Red Thirteen. Uh, I can't I can't get into too much about Red Thirteen, but like they do this fun stuff where like if you've played remake, you know that he has like this deep voice and he's like all wise and stuff. And then like everybody talks to him like he's a dog, and like there's this, like a really fun interplay where like and it's funny every time that he gets mm-hmm. mad about it. And Yuffie, uh, she's introduced in a really interesting way because those of you who've played the original know that um, she's actually optional, uh, and you have to like randomly encounter her. Um, it's random. Overworld. Literally, it's random. And in this case, it's definitely not. There's no way we could build the game that way. Um, but she's just like such a, a shot of energy and joy and silliness um, that she's just she's a delight. Uh, Kate Sith is even like pretty good. Uh, I enjoyed Kate Sith. And that's how they pronounce it in this game. Uh, for the record. Yeah, it's Kate Sith. Um, but the thing that impressed me the most, honestly, is the character work they continue of that main cast. Like Aerith, and I think I said this in my review, is almost the main character here. And she is just so full of warmth and strength. And she's such a remarkable character. Um, 
we just did like a draft on retro recently where we uh, drafted our favorite supporting characters. And I think that I might've picked her now, uh, this version of her, that's how strong I thought she was. Um, and they just build them and build them and build them. And the writing here is even better. And it, you know, like it, if you, if you go back and play final fantasy seven, like so much of the characterization is, is, given through the way the character models are behaving. Like mm-hmm. if you look at like the way that, you know, someone's like sort of kicking their foot or whatever, or someone's acting shy and that's still here, but they, they take that and they flesh that out into this whole big thing of all the achievements of uh, the trilogy. I think that's the big one. You think about someone like Jesse in remake and they just do oh, such I, good work with that here. Oh, I knew Jesse was going to break my heart. Yeah, I, fantastic yeah, in, work. In terms of in terms of shipping, like you know, there's there's you have cloud, and you're like, okay, which, which is it going to be? Earth is going to be? Te- no, I was Jesse all the way. I loved her. <laughs> I uh, I can't say anything about the dated gold saucer because that is specifically embargoed. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I will just say that they do some fun stuff with it. Let's just say that. I have to admit, I know that they, I know that fate was broken at the end of Final Fantasy VII remake. Yes, uh, but. The fates of the rest of your avalanche cell it drove me a little crazy at the end where it was like, oh, no, guess who survived? Um, and I was yeah. like, really? Wasn't he like shot to death and then like passed out and died on a pillar that then collapsed into like, OK, that is a uh, I'm surprised that he managed to live. But sure, I uh, I, I have responses to that that I will not give you. <laughs> okay um it's more complicated yeah, I, than that <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot going on here and there's a lot that i think that we don't know that you do and i think that's got to be a little bit of a frustrating position for you to be in so let's talk about something that is not embargoed in any way shape or form well, i guess the gold saucer is but the, the mini games aren't so <laughs> something that really uh i know i talk about it a lot in this podcast but screw it like i was like ooh, someone put a lot of yakuza into my final fantasy uh, in this in remake and there was there was a lot of yakuza in this final fantasy game For sure um like uh walking around uh walking around sector six was like wow this feels a lot like the champion district uh when i was in seventh heaven and there was a dart board i was i walked up to it and i play i was like hey there's darts and it plays <laughs> differently but similarly enough to darts in yakuza uh so mini games are a were a big thing yes. in remake and it sounds like they've expanded on that considerably in rebirth understandably because golden saucer so what are some of the uh mini games here and how are they improved interesting like what what do we have uh i mean there are I, and i i i mentioned this like the the number of mini games here like is absurd um like it's, yeah, you actually said there's more than infinite wealth which i, it's I have so much trouble believing i uh completely understand where you're coming from on that i I'm not sure that I accessed every mini game in Infinite Wealth. Mm-hmm. You know that, that game is so big, right? But uh, there is just so much to go on here. And you know, I want to st- take a step back, <laughs> and I think it's interesting that you say that there's so much Yakuza here because, in a lot of ways, while I was playing this, I was thinking like Yakuza is so much a successor of what Seven was doing as well. Because if you think back to Final Fantasy Seven, there was like so much silliness and goofiness and tonal oddness in that game, mm-hmm. and so many mini games and i feel like that sort of you know final fantasy 16 goes in one direction right where that's all basically eliminated and then yakuza goes in a different direction it has been for a long time um and i feel like this so much feels like like yakuza so much feels like it is a, a successor of that sort of tonal 
balancing that you have to do um, that, that you have to do with seven and that they do so remarkably well in this game. But mm-hmm. to actually answer your question, <laughs> um, there are an absurd number of, of mini games and they are like everywhere. Like almost every side quest is going to involve some sort of mini game, whether it is um, catching a chocobo, because every time you go to a new zone, if you want to get a chocobo, you have to go catch a chocobo um, and you can't unlock fast, fast travel until you do catch that chocobo. Uh, the Gold Saucer has a ton of games, and I think some people have compared Chocobo Racing to Mario Kart. They are correct. Ooh, that sounds like Chocobo fun. Racing plays exactly like Mario Kart now, and it's so much better. Um, <laughs> they have like a um, an almost like asteroids like game that you can play there. They have a battle arena. They have like this fun like uh, punch em game where like you're kind of like reacting to what the other person does. Um, there is chocobo gliding there is oh my goodness there's queen's blood which is this incredibly involved incredibly difficult uh card game there's fort condor there's a fort condor's back okay yeah there's another rts sort of uh defense uh game that you have to play as well uh there's uh, like the and i'm not i haven't even scratched the surface here like i'm forgetting stuff there is so much to do and I think to some sometimes occasionally it works to the game's detriment because like it'll be like, hey, you have to go play this mini game to clear to go forward or you have to play this mini game to get your chocobo, which you really need to do if you want to explore the spaces. And so sometimes uh, and those of you have played the demo, like like you literally have to vacuum up Mako in the demo, which is like absurd and boring. Um, And there's one dungeon where you're every dungeon sort of has like uh, its own gimmick, which does, it's not a mini game, but it feels like a mini game. Um, and one of them involves you like throwing boxes at things. And like, it, it was not fun, but it, it's, there's so much variety that like they hit on 95% of it and the 5% of the misses I'm okay with. Like it, it it's just like, it, it's like a playground. It's just like, there's, what do you want to do? Go do it. It's fun. Um, in terms mm. of the mini games, that's not true with all elements of the game, but in terms of the mini games, yes. I'm glad that Fort Condor showed up. I mean, I was, I, I was, I played through all of the Fort Condor uh, content for uh, Intermission, which actually might have been my favorite part of it thus far because I really like uh, tower defense and uh, strategy games. Uh, but I was playing it, I was like, it seems like an awful lot of work to put into a board game for a little piece of DLC. Hmm, I wonder if it'll be in the next game. And it was neat. Yep. It sure is. Um, You only have to play like four games of it to do like a particular side quest, but um, it's a little bit harder, I think, than it was in intermission, but it's back. Is there anything as remotely as frustrating as the pull up mini game? Pull up mini game? No. Um, Well, I don't know. I found Queen's Blood so frustrating. (laughs) It's basically like this game where it's all about like numbers, like it's you have three rows and you are trying to with those three rows, get the numbers the highest in your row. So basically like you might have cards that are worth 11 in your row and they might have cards that are worth 12 in their row, which is usually what happened to me. Mm. And whoever has the winning number then like gets to like take those points at the end of the game. And it's like really, uh, and they, they, it, it's a really complicated game. Um, it's not really that complicated, it's simple on its surface, but a lot of strategy underneath and they have you play it a lot. Uh, and that was a little frustrating, but in terms of like actual frustration, like I found some of the stealth mini game type stuff a little annoying. Uh, but no, in terms of like sit ups, like I spent probably a good hour and forty five minutes on that and remake, and I didn't do that with any of the mini games in this game. <laughs> I am not to bl- okay. 
I'm about to say I am exceptionally good at rhythm games and uh, button pressing games. And I was playing this stupid pull-up mini game, and I I think I lost the first time, and the second time I I got a perfect. I didn't screw up once, and I still lost. And I was like, what the what what? And I kept playing, and I kept losing, even though I was getting it perfect every single time. The idea that the idea that a developer would include a mini game where it is possible to do it perfectly and yet still lose <laughs> was infuriating to oh, me. Oh, I understand. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's 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 actually back, uh, but in like a very minimal minimalistic okay. way. So okay, and, and well, you, de- it, you definitely don't have to do it. Well, like I said, with the amount of mini games in here, and I assume there's quite a few side quests as well. I, there I remember when yeah. I was when I was playing remake, I was like, I don't think he was infused with like the soul of Zach. I think he was infused with the soul of Kiryu. Just his like the the granite faced man and just mm, I don't want to <laughs> like do I I guess I guess I'll go do the thing you want me to do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah honestly, if like if I was playing the Japanese audio, I have an odd feeling there'd be close ups on cloud every five minutes going, Nani. <laughs> <laughs> um That's fair. One of the things that you mentioned when you were talking about uh, the catching your own chocobo is exploration. So in Final Fantasy VII, obviously, once we get away from Midgar, uh, the world opens up and all of a sudden we find ourselves in the open and the overworld, just like we would in any other Final Fantasy game. And like so many possibilities, so many places to go. I have an odd feeling that there's no overworld in this as we would have expected it back on the PlayStation or even Super Nintendo era. However, it sounds like there's a lot of places that you can explore. Are they yeah. open world or are they like walled gardens that are walled, uh, walled gardens. fairly so there's substantial walled gardens throughout. Yes. Yeah, there are six substantial walled gardens throughout. Um the first one you explore is the grasslands which is right outside of Calm and outside of Midgar. Um and then you move on to Junon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so like there are these big, huge, massive zones. Uh it, there are there, there's so much to poke around in, so much to explore, so much to see. Um, and, and, you know, we'll get to the graphics later, but beautiful uh, vistas as well, sort of littered throughout. And, you know, it, the, when I first got to the grasslands, I was like, OK, this is enormous. How could I, the, And I was like, there's got to be more zones than this. And there are five more. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I will talk a little bit uh, about some of my criticisms with it in a, in a second here. But I, I think that just the amount of poking around you can do and the amount of just like sort of, you know, walking around and they give you every different zone has a different chocobo. So like one can climb up, climb up walls. One can um, glide over canyons, for example. Uh, one can um, float over water because um, he's like sort of like has like this crystal that allows him to shoot water down and he like kind of flies over water. And so, so what you're saying is Final Fantasy seven is our Metroidvania. Yeah, I mean, no, but uh, <laughs> I mean, like the power ups you get are definitely not Metroidvania like, but um, it, it, it definitely has a, a, a feel for giving you a lot of different things to do. And you could clear every zone the minute you get there, um, except for like a couple of like small like side quest things that open up. But um, it's there, there's a lot going on in them. They're not perfectly designed, but they are there's a ton to do like i spent you know at least eight hours in a few of the zones just kind of walking around and you know this is pre-release so i had no guide and if i was lost i was like well i'm just figuring it out and i made sure i figured it out i I got every single point of interest on every map before i cleared it so Hmm. uh well we're going to talk about this is going to be controversial because i have an odd feeling that the response on the internet is going to be to get good but 
my least favorite part about Final Fantasy VII was the combat because it seems like I'm extraordinarily bad at it. Like I was, I think I'm real, real bad at it to the point where I ended up going on YouTube and watched a bunch of combat tutorials about all of these characters uh, and learned everything. And then I went back to the game and I discovered, oh no, I'm still uh, like, I'm just bad at it. Um, and then finally, by the end of the game, I very end of the game, I started getting the hang of it. And then I started up intermission. I was like, oh, Yuffie has a new combat style. Oh, good. Uh, and I was extre I'm extremely bad at it again. Um, that being said, there are so many things to celebrate about the combat system that I can see. For example, every single character in Final Fantasy Remake plays completely differently. Uh, like they have completely different combat styles. And if you want to get the most out of the game, you really do need to learn these different combat styles. Considering that the uh, playable characters in this game have opened up with three new characters, which I imagine are three new combat styles, and I imagine that the combat styles of the already existing characters have shifted and have changed and been refined, or uh, what's the combat like in Final Fantasy Rebirth? It's pretty similar. Um, there are some additions uh, to it. So the, the biggest addition, honestly, is the synergy abilities. So you have two different types of synergy abilities. Um, one of them is something that sort of unlocks as the fight goes. Um, it's sort of almost like a limit break. Um, there might be something else under the surface that unlocks them that I couldn't figure out, but I, I never did. Um, and it's sort of like a super move that you can unlock uh, through your uh, skill panel, which I guess we'll talk about in a minute here. But um, And then you also have like synergy abilities with each character. So like uh, Cloud and Reds allows you to like do like a, a distant, like sort of like magic shot at uh, like flying enemies, which is where I used it the most um, because flying enemies can be a pain if you're not playing as Barrett or Aerith. Um, and that's true in this game as well. Um, but it is pretty similar. Uh, and, you know, honestly, uh, you shouldn't feel bad. I am also bad at this game. <laughs> oh, so bad. Uh, and I've played, you know, I've played this game and remake and integrate. I've played it for 150 hours now, probably in total, this basic combat system. And I think that um, the thing that's interesting about it is that for the most part, and this is true in this game as well. Like there's a trick to almost every fight. And if you unlock that trick, it's not too bad. Like you, you hammer them with lightning at a certain time because they're weak to it and they're charging up their unblockable move and you, you nail them with that. It cancels it and you pressure them and then you can stagger them from there. And Tifa is broken and Barrett Tifa's is almost broken as broken game already. Yeah. yeah. And, and Barrett is almost as good. And also maybe even better if you're bad because you can just stand behind everything, which is what I did a lot. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, it, it, it smooths things out. Like you definitely have more options. You, you don't feel as boxed in to like, you have to have a ranged character because you're going to have some ranged options with other pairs of characters like red and cloud, who, neither of whom are, um, ranged at all. So you have more options. And I, you know, Yuffie, those of you who've played, uh, intermission or is it called integrate or intermission? I can never remember. Intermission. Integrate is the, I, is I the, the upgrade. problem with this too. Yeah. Integrate is the playstation 5 version and it's everything okay. all in one package yeah. and yuffie plays really fast and fun and if you can kind of get the elemental switching down like she is really good um red actually plays a lot like tifa in some ways his stagger isn't quite as good but his counter is really strong mm -hmm. and he can like uh he has a move that allows you to get uh hp back from the enemies which is really nice uh, Kate Sith, I, I honestly can't even tell you how that game, how that guy plays. <laughs> hmm. Like I played through the game and like Kate Sith, like uh, by default is not on his Moogle, but then you can summon the Moogle and he'll take some hits and you have some additional moves. But I, 
the way that like his skill tree looked, it looked like he's really meant to be a tank. But unless I was absolutely forced to use Kate Sith in honor of the original game, I did not use Kate Sith. Um, mm. So, yeah, but like you have you definitely have more options. But like I found myself going back to my old faithful of I need my big damage cloud. I need my stagger Tifa and I need my magic user Aerith. Mm-hmm. Um, and elemental weaknesses are more important in this game, which in some ways is useful. Um, like your assess materia is your friend because like you will get moves on every character that allow you to like cast like a, a no MP ability that like is lightning. And that is extremely valuable in this game um, in terms of building pressure and stagger and damage. So yeah, it, it plays very similarly. If you've played remake, you will fit right into rebirth. Well, most of us will, uh, except for those of us who are bad like us. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I struggled. I died more in this game than I did in any FromSoft game. Let's put it that way. So that's where I am. OK, uh, I have been a little bit dreading is not the right word, but worried about it because like, cripes, I was bad at it. Uh, I it not I never got to the point where I was considering putting on easy mode, but there were some battles where I was just like, no. And there were, by the end of it, I was just like, I'm not going back to get the rest of the summons. I'm not going to put myself through that. I'm not enjoying the, some people are, some people adore the combat system and it's just one of those things that maybe I just don't get it. Uh, I don't know why, but I mean, honestly, uh, I love it. I think it's awesome. I just know that I'm not good at it. Like I watched my wife play the demo and she's like ripping through everything. And I'm like, Oh, this is how you play this game. And then I would sat down to play it. I'm like, I'm a little better, but not much better. (laughs) So Mm. yeah, I, I think it's great, but I also acknowledge that I'm not very good at it. Huh? Yeah, so I think you mentioned in the review there's no uh, there's no hell house in this game. Essentially, it seems. Now there is one boss that um, really gave me a lot of trouble, and I won't say anything else about that. But it it involves a lot of countering, and I didn't enjoy that. Um, yep. So otherwise, I I, I thought that uh, it it never became absurdly challenging. Whereas like I was like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and then Hell House wrecked me for hours. Yeah. Uh... I, I managed to get by, actually, weirdly, I managed to get by Hellhouse after about an hour. Reno and Rue destroyed me, though. Oh, my God. That was the moment where I was like, okay, yeah. I need to start watching some, I need to start watching some things on YouTube to figure out how to play this game because I have no idea. <laughs> That's a tough fight. I got to be honest, that was my biggest problem with Final Fantasy VII Remake is that, yes, I'm bad at the combat, but besides that, a lot of the combat is not explained in game or I don't feel like was effectively presented to the player i feel like a lot of it you really do need to go to an outside resource to learn how to effectively play this game um at least properly uh this may have just been my experience but i was like that i feel is a drawback uh and it sounds like that might still be here where yeah you can you can get by but if you want to if you want to really get into the the details of it you need to usually look elsewhere for it either to youtube or your wife yeah, I mean, like I abused items like crazy. And I it's funny because I was like, oh, I should try out hard mode for my review. And then I tried it and I got to the first boss in Nibelheim and I just got obliterated like for like an hour straight. And I'm like, nope, hard mode's not for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, How does it look? Final Fantasy VII Remake, I went into it knowing a few things. One of which is the internet uh, was shall we say, somewhat picky about texture issues when it was released on the PlayStation 4. Um, And I was playing it on my PS5. I was playing the PS5 version. Uh, And even I was like, okay, there's some... I don't understand why some of these textures exist like this. It makes no sense to me that they would put 
however much effort they put into like Eretz bracelets, for example, that look amazing. And then they would use like literally a 2D texture for the flowers for a close up of them. It was just like, what are you doing? That is such a weird choice. Or like the textures on the train controls and the train graveyard. And it, it literally, it's just like a texture over top of like polygons. And you're like, that is such a weird choice to make. Um, and everywhere else, the game looked incredible. Uh, how does it work in Rebirth? Are we going to be having more complaints about doors or are we going to be having complaints about other things instead? You know, that's a good question. There's actually, I, we're recording this uh, a couple days, a few days before the game's embargo lifts. And uh, we just got, I, I can say this because this will go up after, uh, we just got notification that they're dropping a patch uh, tomorrow um, mm. for uh, the graphics. And so my hope is that improves some things, but I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I don't notice that kind of stuff the way some people do. Like, so I started it up in graphics mode. It defaults to that because there's two modes, graphics mode and performance mode, which, you know, it's pretty normal nowadays. Um, and I thought graphics mode was dire. Like, I was getting, like, a little sick looking at the frame drops. And every time I turned my camera, I think you may have said this. Like, I just felt like I was, like, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I was like, I can't play this whole game if it looks like this, not knowing that they had put me automatically in graphics mode. Yeah, I, I put myself on uh, performance mode uh for the for remake and i tried graphics mode i was like this doesn't look that much better for the mm -hmm. loss in frames yeah and i i guess i i found myself to become more of a frame person and i thought um and i know that uh, there's a lot of discourse already out there about rebirth uh in terms of the graphics um and in performance mode i personally did not know notice a whole lot um you know every once in a while like my wife would walk by I'm like well what's what's up with that texture i'm like oh yeah i guess you're right um so i am maybe not the <laughs> the best person to talk about that particular issue uh maybe it's my color blindness i don't know man but um mm -hmm. i definitely uh noticed that things seemed a little fuzzier than even they did in remake but also like the scope they're working with is so much larger than mm -hmm. what they're working with in remake that like anything like that felt like complaining like i i only really notice stuff like that when it's like i don't know like pokemon violet and scarlet which looked like worse than dragon warrior one to me but um like i i really don't notice very often uh that sort of thing and so like for me it ran really smoothly i had maybe like very minimal frame drops and very busy fight moments um but that's still pre-release so what we're going to be getting on the 29th we'll see um and my review will hopefully reflect that um because i'm going to test it out before the review drops but um yeah i i i can't say with certainty uh how it's going to look but for me personally like i don't know i thought it looked great <laughs> yeah it's it's been four years since final fantasy remake was released and four years it's this was built ground up for the playstation 5 you can't play this on play on ps4 um so you would expect there to be a measure of higher graphic fidel graphics fidelity after four years, but the reality is they're still using the same engine. Uh, and because we're no longer in Migra, I imagine that most assets are new. They'd have to be because, you know, it's, it's a yeah. different world out there uh, than in Migra. Um, so I, I would hope that it would look better after four years because otherwise in 2028, when we get Final Fantasy, what's the joke I was, Final Fantasy VIII Recycle, uh, we're going to be, uh, it, it's going to look dire if, if the graphics have not continued, uh, to that level, uh, eight years after the original. Right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that at this rate, we're looking at that as like a PS6 release and I'm guessing they'll have to make some serious tuning to the, the system, the, the, the engine, but I don't know, man. Like I, I, 
I just like don't get caught up in stuff like that, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sound like a, a jerk by saying that, but it's the truth. No, not at all. Not at all. I'll, I'll tell you what you do have, though. You do have a, a good ear. Um, so let's talk about the sound in this game. Uh, before we get to the obvious, which is the music, uh, I'd like to talk about the voice acting because I played the English vocal, vocal track for Remake, and I was pretty damn impressed. I understand oh. that there's some criticism online, but again, it's online. There's always going to be <laughs> criticism. I really enjoyed it. I thought some of the acting was fantastic, uh, perfect in some cases. Uh, updates, the characterizations, the voices, they almost matched the voices that were in my head when I was playing mm-hmm. the original game. Uh, I was pretty darn impressed. Again, I never watched Advent Children, so I don't know. I haven't heard those voices. I don't know what these characters, quote unquote, sound like, but I thought it was great. Uh, how's the voice acting here? Oh, I mean, first of all, I'm curious. What is the criticisms online of the voice acting in the first one? Is it Sephiroth? Oh, it's everybody. It's like, oh, oh Cloud sounds too much like a, a little wimp. And, oh, uh, okay. Awesome. And, Great. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, that's what I get for the asking. usual. Or, or, Barrett sound, or Barrett sounds like Mr. T. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> like, what, okay. like, what do you want? <laughs> like, that's, yes. Barrett's sports actor is fantastic. He has maybe the best range in this whole game. <laughs> like, what's the joke? He understood the assignment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He, he, did, he did the task he was given. Um. Yeah, which is not a small thing. As a teacher, I can say that. <laughs> um, I think that a lot of the criticisms, like most things of Final Fantasy Remake, have been lost since the release of the game because that's fair. because people shut the hell up eventually because you know it's people like to complain. So when it they comes moved out, on to something like, else to sucks. complain about, yeah. this is terrible, and then they find something else to and those those complaints are lost in the abyss. Unless you, of course, go on Reddit to look for hints on how to uh, beat <laughs> Hellhouse, uh, and then you're like. Oh God. Okay. This, this is not helpful. Um, but it sounds like the voice acting here is just as good as the original. It, it, it's maybe even stronger because I feel like these characters have had that time to sort of live in these characters. Um, you know, like, uh, the woman who plays Aerith, I know she does like some streaming elsewhere as well. And gosh, she's just like, she's, I keep talking about Aerith and I'm just going to keep talking about Aerith. I'm sorry. Um, like she's so fran- fantastic. She does like so many different, um, so many different ranges and, and, um, emotional moments like uh not even the ones people are maybe thinking of um mm. she's she's like fantastic but I, I think the whole voice cast is great uh the guy who plays red 13 i think in particular for reasons i cannot say does just excellent work uh i, I don't know like uh, the, the voice acting here i think is like from top to bottom like for a game that is dealing in so many different tones and moods and weirdness and you know, pathos um i there wasn't like there was never a moment where I was ever pulled out of the game because I was like, oh, that's a little bit off. And I I usually am kind of critical of voice acting and not not at all here. I thought it was just just excellent. Well, that's wonderful. And another thing that pulls you into the game, of course, is the music. Um, Final Fantasy seven has a understandably legendary soundtrack. And that was one of the real standouts of Final Fantasy seven remake was the sheer amount of music uh, in this game that was inspired by the original, that were updated versions of the original rearrangements, there being like jazz versions of classic songs that you can collect throughout the world. There was so much astoundingly good music in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, has that continued in Rebirth? Oh, it's even better. Um, like, I, I remember listening to the remake soundtrack and being like, okay, I've heard a remix of this song maybe for the eighth time. And while... Maybe you didn't need to remix it eight times. 
it's still really good. This time, like it was, there's only once, there's only a couple songs that get remixed a bunch of times. Eris theme gets remixed like 25 times. I'm not even joking. Um, mm-hmm. But the rest of it, like the way they deal with like the different iterations of the overworld theme in the different zones is really, really cool. Like to kind of like blend the motif of like those songs in with these different zones. Um, I feel like uh, Hamatsu or however you say his name uh, kind of got the feeling of of what really worked about the remake soundtrack Mm -hmm. and decided to go a little bit further with it in terms of his remixing and taking, I hate to reference 14 here, but taking maybe a a little bit of a page out of Soken's book where Soken is very willing after all these years to kind of pull really disparate threads together uh, of classic songs. And I feel like that's what's happening here as well in really, really beautiful ways. Like I, 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 I looked at my wife and I was like, we got to order the special edition of the soundtrack right now. Like I need this in my collection. She's like, we have, we don't have any shelf space. I don't care. I need it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it's um, I don't know. Again, how much of that is driven by my nostalgia and like driven by like, Oh gosh, this song that I've loved since I was 12 is here in this version and it's this beautiful. I don't know. Mm. Um, so it's always hard to separate that, but I, I loved it. I, there are multiple times when I wept uh, listening to different um, arrangements of songs that I adore. This is, I mean, I, I know it's a remake, but it's obviously a mainline entry. Uh, this would be the second mainline entry of final fantasy that we've gotten in the last eight months. The previous True. of course being final fantasy 16, which you gave a 97. Um, I don't want you to, you know, compare and contrast at length, but uh, given the two games, their statures, uh, the combat systems, uh, which one do you prefer and why? Well, uh, I, one I gave a 97 to, I want to get a 93 to. Um, I, I prefer 16 probably um, because they have very different design philosophies. Um mm in terms of what they're trying to do. And I respect both of them. And I obviously love both of them. Like seven rebirth is like, let's throw as many different things against the wall and see, and try to make as much of it stick as possible in a way that I really liked in a way that I thought was really delightful and fun and silly. A lot of the time and goofy and made me laugh a lot um, with really excellent character work and all, all kinds of stuff. But, you know, even before release with Final Fantasy 16, they were like, we're not going to go play Clive Ball because uh, that doesn't make any sense. Because, uh, like, we're like, I don't know, trying to, like, save the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a good encapsulation of what 16 is like. 16 is uh, a more linear experience, certainly. Uh, the zones aren't nearly as large. Um, you're moving from thing to thing with maybe more carefully designed dungeons and more carefully designed levels. Um, the combat was certainly easier uh, than rebirth for me. Um, uh-huh. And I like the story a little bit more and I like the uh, gosh, I was going to say like the character work maybe a little more, which is insane because the character work in rebirth is great. But um, I was, I, I think that 16 was controversial and s- sure seven will be controversial, but I do think it will be at least amongst the community, quote unquote, um, slightly better received than what some people perceived as a, glorified action game which is what uh, a lot of people accuse 16 of but i personally prefer 16 but i don't think that will be the consensus yeah 16 was a well it was a pure action rpg whereas this is a despite everything that i said about the uh, being not good about not good at the combat that's not saying that i don't appreciate it Uh, i think that the one of the strengths of final fantasy 
uh, seven remake and rebirth obviously is how they have uh, updated the combat system. And it still is ATV. Like it's still, right. it's very much inspired by the original, but updates it in a, in a much more active, you know, action RPG esque way. I think it's ingenious. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas it seems like from what I've heard, 16 is a much more very good, but still straightforward action RPG. So I guess it just depends on yeah. uh, which side of that you want to come down on. And that's interesting because normally like I am a, I'm a turn-based guy, uh, maybe le- like less so as I've gotten older maybe, but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely different. And I think that if they want to make people happy, which I think that is actually like their whole philosophy with the main line nowadays, which some people might criticize. I think they might adopt more of what seven, the, the seven trilogy is doing for the main line. Actually, I basically guarantee it. Yeah. The, okay. I'm going into a spoiler here, not for final fantasy uh, seven rebirth for final fantasy seven. Um, and we're, again, we're not spoiling. We're not spoiling rebirth. Don't worry. Um, I have an odd feeling that, the internet is going to lose their collective shit for one of two reasons. One, in Rebirth, Aerith is going to die exactly as she did in the original game, or she won't. Um, and I can't help but feel that I'm 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 really hoping this doesn't happen. I it might not happen. That the result of that is not going to be the controversy that defines this game. Because I thought that the choices that were made narratively in Final Fantasy VII Remake, I know that you had some problems with the end. I thought the meta choices were quite ingenious in a way that opened the door for them in Rebirth to tell a new, a story that wasn't bound by the original. Uh, And I'm hoping that they exploit that. Um, You haven't let on whether or not they have. Uh, Don't worry. I'm hoping they exploit that freedom and they don't just kind of still go about the exact same thing exactly as it did in the original because i have to admit in final Fantasy, like as, as ingenious as i thought it was it did get a little frustrating eventually when the stupid phantoms would show up to stop something from happening that i found inherently interesting like barrett being stabbed uh, by sephiroth at the end of final at, at the end of remake right after the president dies i was like right. holy shit! and then he was healed <laughs> and i understand the narrative you know the narrative point of that being like they can't let barrett die here obviously but when it happened, I was blown away and instantly the results of that, the consequences of that story beat were never followed up on in a way that yeah. felt earned. And when they broke free of fate, I was like, in that case, I'm really hoping that they, any new story beats, any uh, changes that are made are followed up on aren't, and are actually explored in Rebirth. I will say that I think that people on both sides of the aisle will be happy with that particular issue. Mm-hmm. It it honors seven. It does. It, it just does. Like it, it reproduces those big, massive, amazing moments that you remember, but it recontextualizes a lot of them, but not in like such significant ways that it swerves things dramatically, at least for most of the runtime. I won't talk about the ending at all, um, except that I think it will be divisive. Um, I will say that uh, I, I don't think they could do literally anything that wouldn't be divisive, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think it will be divisive. I have some criticisms of it uh, that I can maybe share at some later date. <laughs> um, but overall, I was very happy with the package I was presented with. And again, my my issues with the game were never the meta narrative elements. It was the way they were presented. And that mm-hmm. act, the, the exact thing you just talked about is one of the issues I had. Like, if you want to try to play around with it, like play around with it, do it. 
Um, don't just like do like some head cloud building slashing Sephiroth fight. And that's the way you handle this. Like bake it in, like do it for real and not in a way that doesn't allow them to pay off any of the choices they want to make. So I, I think that importantly, it manages to be an organic story that feels like its own thing. Even if you realistically, even if you hadn't played seven, it'll still feel organic and it will still feel, I think like it, it it's, it's telling its own story, even though I think that your enjoyment of that will be increased dramatically if you've played seven. So uh, that's that's a non-answer, but that's the best answer I can give. No, I completely understand. To be completely honest, we did kind of spoil it. Aerith does die in this game. It's just not our Aerith. Uh, you mentioned it earlier that Zack is uh, moving her body. <laughs> yeah, the whole the holy material falls out of her hair and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very much... You know what that is? I don't, you're, you're not a Star Trek fan. Beginning of Star Trek 2. Uh, oh, I've seen that, Rath- yeah. <laughs> Beginning of Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, when Wrath of Khan was announced, uh, the script got leaked by Gene Roddenberry, of all people, yeah. because Spock died like really early in the script, and he was <laughs> furious at it. So he leaked the script and created a fan outcry. So they rewrote the script. Uh, and then as a nod to it in the first like five minutes of the movie, Spock dies in a simulation. <laughs> and then Kirk has a line where he says, are you dead? And it's very funny. So I'm not saying that that's a reference here, but it feels like a reference here. Yeah. Um, Okay. A few other just random questions that you can or cannot answer if you, you know, want, or you don't want to spoil it. Um, Is everyone's favorite uh, 50 year old, 32 year old here? Yes. Okay. Does he look like he's 50 years old or does he look a little bit more age appropriate? No, he looks like he's 32. (laughs) Oh, good. Okay. So I'm glad that they, I'm glad that they, because God, Oh, Sid. Good old Sid Highwind. The, they, uh, actually, of all the people they changed the characterization with, it's him, but I think they had to, um, given that he's like basically just an abusive jerk in the first one. So mm-hmm. uh, he's not like that at all in this version. So uh, that's all I'll say. He still wants to get to the get to space, though. That, that, that's that, that's not even brought up, honestly. He's totally really? like he he is presented very differently in this version uh, in a way that I thought was delightful and fun. Um, he's still like got the same basic spirit of Sid, but he's just like a fun guy. Happy go lucky Southerner. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoy he's him. a Southerner. That's he sure is. <laughs> wow. The voice in my head when I looked. OK, that's really interesting. That's completely different than the voice in my head. He was like hardcore british cockney <laughs> i could see that based on the original one but no he's he's a southerner for sure he's got a southern right. accent like georgia through and through okay uh kate the characterization here I, I have to admit i i never looked this up but i i have an odd feeling that there are a number of reaction videos online of the reaction to the plate falling and then kate sits showing up and just like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> do, doing a charlton heston at the end of planet of the apes in front of the statue of liberty yep. going you blew it up like <laughs> it was the most if i if i had not played seven and i didn't know who this character was i'd be like what the who the why is there an anthropomorphic cat crying about the plate falling you know i, I actually really like the way that kate seth is characterized in this game um i feel like he's pretty thin for reasons i guess in seven whereas here uh i feel like he comes together in a way that makes sense and he's a fun addition to the party so and that is a huge compliment given where he came from yes uh the character was wasn't a joke but certainly what he was never a member of my party in the original game let's put it that way never my last question about the combat system uh is in remake 
they did a they had a very very interesting they made a very interesting choice in remake which was you didn't have any control over who was in your party you were given a party makeup as you went whether the party was split in half because you're exploring uh Shinra labs or uh in the final battle you're kind of just thrown together with various people um in this game can you select your party or are there story reasons why you always have certain party members in your party no, you can definitely select your party in this game. Um, they they will split you up a lot. Uh, that happens in the original as well. Yep. They'll split you up and sort of do have you go this way, that way, the other way, kind of just to force you to engage with certain characters in ways that I thought were pretty organic um, and pretty fun. Uh, but no, there are definitely lots and lots of moments where you are able to select your party even in the very early going. Like you have, you know, um, five six people to choose from. And uh, yeah, I, I experimented a lot with different party combinations. And they level up with you. So party yes. members who aren't in your party level. Oh, thank God. Okay, good. That's, I, I can't, I, I can't, it's one of my biggest pet peeves when playing an RPG <laughs> is when you're, your party members, you, the ones you don't play are just in the background. They don't, they don't yep. level up. And then you get to a point in the game where it's like their story and they step up and it's non-optional. And they're I wonder like, why you don't like Octopath. <laughs> yeah, you're at like level 14 and the rest of your party is at like level 37. And you're like, okay, this is not going to go well for anybody. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, it's not, I'm not a fan of it either. It's one of my few criticisms of Octopath. It's not at this point. It's not even a quality of life. It's just like, what are you doing? I agree. Okay. Final Fantasy VII. I guess this will be the discussion question for this episode. Uh, and this is not going to... This is going to be dependent on, I guess, the conclusion of the game. Um, Final Fantasy VII, I keep calling it Remake, Rebirth, Recycle. I think that was the joke. I've made it on here before. I just love the joke so much. It's so <laughs> stupid, but I just love it. Um, Final Fantasy VII III, what do you expect is going to happen? This is going to happen in four years from now, so we're not going to hold your predictions uh, too seriously here. But where do you think it's going to go in terms of... Uh, in terms of additional characters, in terms of where the story takes it? What do you think the world select is going to be? Uh, the world location is going to be? What do you think? Um, I, you know, I was talking uh, to someone else about this the other day. Uh, I mean, I think that Vincent and Sid will definitely be playable. They're not in this game, but they will be um, in in the next game. And I, I, I firmly expect Vincent to have his own little edgelord piece of DLC off of this. I, I, I really hope so. Gosh, I, I'd love to play that. But my honest opinion is that it will be very faithful to the second and third disc of Final Fantasy VII. Um, remarkably so. Um, in, in a lot of ways, the same way that um, this one was. I, I, I don't see any way they're going to be able to give you access to the entire world the way that you would have had in uh, the original. Because uh, like I don't even want to know. I, I think that my file was 150 gigs. Uh, to play this game and like the the demo was like 48 gigs or some something crazy like that so unless they do something insane i don't think you're going to have access to like those previous areas um but i think that it's just going to be a further refinement i don't think i, I think this game is going to be well received i think that they're going to want to get it out the door as quickly as possible partially because i know square enix is not happy with how they're doing financially huh, um yeah. and so i think that it will be very faithful to what has come before I think that the ending itself will probably be pretty faithful to what's come before. And um, yeah, that's my honest opinion. I am a little bit hopeful about this because they've been doing such a good job expanding and recontextualizing the storylines uh, in Final Fantasy VII Remake and it sounds like Rebirth. Uh, the third disc of Seven was always my least favorite 
Um, there was just a little bit too much anime bullshit for me uh, that goes down. Um, I feel that for sure. I'm really hoping that they can ground it in a way that these games feel a little bit more grounded than the original. Um, I hope anyway, it's, it's exciting. I mean, they're going given Final Fantasy, the, the ending of Final Fantasy remake, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something completely bad insane. Like, I don't know, Squall shows up or something. Um, it, it's not impossible, but I don't know, man. I, I, I think that, um, that there would be such an outcry, more of an outcry than any, than for anything else. If they just go totally in, like off, like veer off into left field, Mm-hmm. They're going to stay within the general confines and they'll they'll make some adjustments here and there and they'll certainly make some changes. And, you know, a lot of what they do with all that stuff is less meta in this game. I will say that. OK. And it's more actually just story. <laughs> um, it's more uh, just narrative. Um, so I, I, I don't think that they will probably go too wild, but. You never know. I really, they could do it at any moment they wanted to. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. This game does I, not do that. Okay. Well, that's actually a relief because I was, there was a small part of me that was wondering about that with all the different timelines and things, whether or not they were going to go, I don't know, full Kingdom Hearts or something like that. There's, there's pieces of parts of Kingdom Hearts here, but not, not for real. And no, I, I wouldn't be nearly as high on it. I don't, I think Nomura, it's funny because uh, uh, Katase apparently is the one who wants to do the more off the rail stuff. And Nomura's like, no, I love Final Fantasy VII. Let's make up like Final Fantasy VII. I'm like, really? You want it to be like understandable? Have you played your games? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking about uh, of course. Rebirth because this is going to be one of the biggest games of the year. Uh, it's, probably going to be one of the biggest games of next year if sony releases the playstation 5 pro mm-hmm. and then an, a, a better version of this is released on it uh, yeah. with the dlc which i would be very surprised if that doesn't happen oh me too um, i mean i think there's a possibility we'll get two but at least one for sure yeah and we're not going to know that we're not going to get the next game for at least four years uh i don't think yeah. if anyone is feeling that's a long time i mean it is a long time but it these aren't small games. Let's put it that way. I know it, Final Fantasy VII feels like one game, but these are not. This is not one game. These are three giant games. And I mean, I dropped ninety-five hours on this one. Let's put it that way, and I didn't do everything. Not even close. Yeah, that is. In other words, you're going to get your money's worth out of the right. content that's in this game. You could oh, beat boy. it in probably forty-five to fifty pretty easily, but I wanted to really, partially because I was reviewing it, and partially just because I was enjoying myself. I wanted to poke around a lot. So yeah. Well, another way that you can get your money's worth is by going to our shop. Uh, you can do so by heading to www.rpgfan.com slash shop. Uh, we have lots of stuff in there, including, you know, we have our usual, the t-shirts, the mugs, lots of merch. The really big piece of merch, though, that we'd like to, uh, we're, we're promoting for a while now is that Hyperplay RPG uh, is a, a, a zine company uh, located in the UK, and we teamed up with them to release the RPG Fan Review Card Collection, which is a showcase of nearly 300 of our review cards, as you can see on Instagram. All of our, most of our reviews get uh, review cards, like little, uh, little bite-sized versions of the reviews. So yeah, take a look at that. I have a few in there. Zach, you have a few in there. I just love this book. I have a copy on my shelf right now. I was delighted when I got it. It's a pretty darn cool book. So I would it's- check that out. It's my favorite book, honestly. It's the only book that I own that I mentioned in. So yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Another way that you can support us is by checking out our past episodes of Random Encounter. So last week, uh, we had an interesting chat about the Playdate, which is, I don't know if you've heard about it, it is a bite-sized handheld with a crank on it. 
This was released a few years ago uh, after a great deal of fanfare and delays. And it's a very interesting little console uh, that has a very interesting uh, way of released games uh, through seasons and kind of looks like a kind of looks like a Game Boy. Like there's a lot of nostalgia tied up in this thing, but it releases, you know, modern uh, games, but they're in black and white with an amazingly detailed screen. I've wanted one for quite some time now. That conversation just made me want one more. So give that a listen. Uh, you can also check out Retro Encounter. Uh, last week was part one of chatting about uh, chatting about Dragon Quest XI, Echoes of an Elusive Age. Zach, an I know you are- time classic for the record. I know, I know you are a big <laughs> fan of this. I remember I played it and I after I played it, I was like, I did not enjoy this game at all. And then I was like, I'm sure that some people agree with me. And I put on the episode, the, the spoiler cast of it. And I was like, nope, I'm alone in this. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, that. Yeah, but uh, there is, despite my opinion about a lot of, the, actually, most of my opinion about this game is based on the last act. I like the first two. Um, so if you are, if you love Dragon Quest Eleven, absolutely give this, uh, give this a listen. And part two will be coming out uh, next week. Uh, we also have Rhythm Encounter, which is RPG Fans Music Podcast. Uh, the show will be back next week, appropriately with an episode featuring the music of Final Fantasy VII. So uh, we talked a little bit about the music of Final Fantasy VII here. Obviously, it's a all-time great soundtrack, and uh, we're going to be focusing on some of the, the best music from that game. If you'd like to get in contact with us here at Random Encounter, you can fire us off a message at podcast at rpgfan.com. Please, you know, send us a message if you have any ideas for future episode themes. If you have ideas for discussion questions... If you want to, please, if you want to take the burden of thinking of discussion questions off of my shoulders and I will, and just give me one to ask the panel, I welcome that. Uh, if you'd like to send me an email directly, you can do so at jlogan at rpgfan.com. You can also find me on Mastodon at Logan at mastodon.social. Zach, where can we find you online? Uh, the best way to reach me is email, uh, zachw at rpgfan.com. You can also find me on our Discord as zachw. Excellent. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, I would love if you could share it with your friends to help us get the word out there. You can rate us on iTunes or your other podcast players of choice. You can also find us on lots of other places. You can find us on YouTube now. We are like our YouTube channel. We've been posting uh, we've been posting regularly, and then YouTube made a changeover, and finally they're kind of posting uh, they're posting podcasts normally. So you can find all our podcasts on there, along with some. Absolutely fantastic, fantastic video content that we've been working on. Uh, Scott's been really great with that lately. So, uh, yeah, please check that out. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you of so course. much for plowing through this game. Like, it's it's not a small game. Uh, it's not a small game in terms of the time you have to put into it, but it's also not a small game in terms of what it represents. Yeah, it was a big one for me personally. It I I think of all the games I've reviewed here and you and I started right around the same time. Uh, I, I think this is the one that I felt the most pressure with. So yeah, I, I, I hope that uh, people enjoyed as much as I did. Yes, uh, I am. After talking to you about it, I am very, very hopeful and I am extraordinarily intrigued about where this story is going to go. Okay. And uh, I assume that everyone out there is really, really excited to play this game. Uh, you know, download it on the 29th. My suggestion is stay away from the internet, except for our website, read Zach's review, but stay, once you start playing the game, stay away from the website and make up your own mind about what's good or what's not here. Let your own reactions be your guide to whether or not this is a worthy follow-up to Remake and Final Fantasy VII as a whole, because the choices that are made narratively in it, 
I have an odd feeling that based on what I've played thus far in Remake, they are going to be well thought out. And at the very least, they are going to be thought provoking, I think. So I am excited to make up my own mind about this. And I hope I agree with that. Yeah. So uh, whether or not you're playing Final Fantasy VII or you're playing anything else, whatever you're playing, have fun.